2: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
3: What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens. But trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support. 24 7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
4: Alright, let me, let me turn my talk. Here we go. How he said he living life as a gringo. Where you question where you fit, and every time you mingle, they say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. This life as a gringo. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course, and man, today we are going to be bringing you another one of the masterminds that I did for the Just Be Social Club. This one is actually a live podcast taping that we did uh, an interview with Wendy Amara, who's a life coach, a business coach, and... If you're not familiar at this point, the Just Be Social Club, it's a monthly mastermind group that I host, all about, you know, personal growth and you know, we're trying to, to just have a community around you and your goals, be it personal, be it career-wise, and, and having people to lean on who are like-minded from our community, who are are just trying to better themselves in life. And once a month, in addition to the kind of personal group meetup that we'll do. I'll also bring on a guest who is, um, you know, some sort of life coach or an expert in a particular field, just so you can kind of get a better feel um, and get some advice and different perspective and ask questions and, and just to have, you know, I guess a little bit more value and 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 bringing people into your, your circle that are, are high achieving and, and really have been doing a lot of work in the space of personal growth to hopefully help push you to get to where you want to be. So we're going to be airing. A bit of that conversation that we had uh, last, uh, last Mastermind, last uh, Just Be Social Club with Wendy Amara, really good stuff, all about kind of goal setting and mindset work and getting over the fear that comes into play when we begin to set goals and um, how to you know get yourself out there taking action, the importance of all of that. I'm going to get into a bunch of different things with, with Wendy. She was incredible. Um, again, we are doing one more group. I'm going to be opening up a new group. Uh, for the Just Be Social Club, our monthly mastermind, and that starts in July. So if you want to be a part of that, email Brenda at mindofayounglord.com or just send me a DM on Instagram at DJ Dramos and I'll, uh, I'll get your email and we'll we'll, we'll set up all, all the information. We could do a, a one-on-one little kind of meet up uh, via Zoom and and just kind of see if it's a good fit. And if you think, uh, you know, if you have any questions you want to ask me personally and things like that, so... Trying to get another group together. I mean, in this conversation, you'll hear Wendy talk about how important it is to have people in your life who hold you accountable, and and not necessarily like friends in your life who are going to give you the, you know, give you a break if you you don't go and do the things you say you're going to do. But having actual people there that are, you know, more so people that you've met acquaintances, I guess, that are are there, uh, literally because they're they're trying to be better, and and you hold each other to that that same kind of um level of accountability and that's what we do with just be social club we have a private like chat that we have together via instagram um and everybody's able to kind of bounce ideas off each other um you also are able to kind of get in contact with whoever you want from the group and and you guys can be accountability buddies but all that kind of stuff i've seen a tremendous amount of growth for everybody that's been a part of our kind of og group that we have and even for me personally it's been a really kind of huge learning experience and and so much growth and it's been great to have a community like that. So if you want to be a part of it, again email Brenda at mind of dot or just shoot me a DM at DJ Dramos on Instagram and I'll check that out and send you all the info. But without further ado, let's uh let's get into my conversation uh from our live podcast as a part of the Just Be Social Club with Wendy Amada, and we'll do it in our mi gente segment. Mi gente. Without further ado, let's, let's get into, to our guest today, right? So anybody not familiar, she is a life and business coach. She is the host of the Yes Mujer Built It podcast. She has over 16 years in coaching and 1.5 million in sales, which just sounds absolutely insane. Good for you. Uh, our guest today, Wendy Amara, how you feeling?
5: Hello, Dramos. I'm, I'm feeling really good. I'm excited to be here with all of you. Thank you for the mm. invite. I want to give yes. a big hug to Bren also for uh, making this connection and having me be on here. Yeah. And I'm excited to speak with all of you.
4: Yes, I'm I'm. I'm excited as well. I've heard so many good things and I kind of want to just kind of start diving into it because, you know, for, for those who have been in our mastermind group from the beginning of the year, we are at that halfway mark, right? And you know, we started the year with kind of two words to set the intention for what we wanted our year to look like. And then we got a little bit more specific as time went on to maybe what would be one big goal we wanted to see ourselves do by the end of the year. And I think first and foremost, the big thing that I've begun to notice is the self-awareness that's begun to develop in everybody as we begin having these conversations, which is obviously huge. So I wanted to kind of double down on that a bit and, and focus in on some of the practical things that you discuss when it comes to goal setting and, and achieving those those bigger goals for yourself. You know, and I want to start with something you had posted about inspired action. And I really loved this phrasing that you have. And I would love for you to be able to share that with everybody listening. Um, what exactly is inspired action?
5: Yeah, well, the the first thing that pops in my head is it's my group coaching program because that's what Mm -hmm. my (laughs) name is, Inspired Action. But it's actually your ability to take action from an inspired place, Mm. right? To find inspiration as opposed to waiting to be inspired, Mm. you finding inspiration, you searching for the inspiration or being the inspiration and then taking action from that place. So that's inspired action. It's action from a place of inspiration, which if you're going to take big, messy action, that's the best place to take it from.
4: Right, right. And I think it's, it's interesting, because so many of us are waiting for the right time. And anybody not seeing the video, I'm using air quotes, right? Like, the right time to start this, we're looking for a sign from someone the okay from someone to do, you know, this idea we've had in the back of our minds. Um, And I think, it's it's we're we're forgetting that it all starts first and foremost with ourselves right like I I think as with anything the external is always going to kind of fade pretty quickly right be it you know external uh, validation external love all those kinds of things kind of come and go you're not in control of it and it all starts from from within so I mean talk to me a little bit about that power I guess for you of, of why even having to say it in that way is so powerful for everybody to know like hey like It starts with you actually getting off your ass first and foremost, more than anything else, you know, uh, in in this journey.
5: 100%. It starts with you taking action, right? And Mm -hmm. not just taking action once, Mm -hmm. but taking action two, three, four, five times over and over again. And even if you fall flat Mm -hmm. on your face, nine out of the 10 times you took action, what you're doing is you're building a muscle called your Mm -hmm. follow through muscle which is required, I'll say that again, it's required for you to reach your goal. If you don't follow through, you're not going to reach your goal. So you have to be able to build this muscle. I call it getting in the water. Like taking action is like getting in the water when you really want to learn to swim. Like let's say your goal is you're swimming laps back and forth in a pool. That's you reaching your goal. You getting in the water is step one, right, of taking action. But what I see a lot of people do, just like you explained, Ramos, is a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines, mm. literally like on the bench next to the pool, reading a book about how to swim, yeah. or worse, reading a catalog about the right swimsuit to have mm. while you're swimming. <laughs> so they're sitting next to the pool. They're not even in the pool, but they're worried about the swimsuit. They're worried about the right towel. They're worried about their hair. They're worried about like, am I going to do the breaststroke or the freestyle or whatever? Mm -hmm. I don't even know the names of the different types of. uh, Sure.
1: To
5: do at the pool. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, get in the water. Just put one foot in the water and put another foot in. And the fear that comes up when people actually start to take action on their goals. I mean, that's really big for a lot of them. It's physical fear that you can feel in the body, right? Because Mm -hmm. the, the thought is. I can't get in the water. I'm going to drown if I get in the water. If I get in the water, I'm going to end up drowning and then I'll never swim laps. And that's actually not true. You can get in the water and stay in the shallow end. You can get in the water and put a life vest on. There's a lot of things you can do, but none of it becomes real until you actually step into the water and start to take action towards your goals.
4: Yeah, I think and you're, you're kind of touching almost on perfectionism to a degree, also holds people back, right? So much that they're, they don't feel prepared or they don't you know feel like it's going to look exactly like they have it in their head therefore they're not ready to kind of get it started you know and i think i had written down managing fear cuz i saw that was something you had spoken a lot about and that resonates a lot you know i think particularly for people who are doing this for the first time but if you've done if you've taken some risks and you have fallen on your face it, is hard, it, it gets hard to to get back up sometimes, right? There There is a lot that starts popping up in your mind. I know I'm speaking to my own personal things, particularly in my own industry where I'm just constantly, you know, you have doors slammed in your face day after day, essentially. There are points in time where I'm just like, I don't know if I can keep handling another no after, you know, um, and another door being slammed in my face. So, I guess when you're coaching people and maybe they're pushed up against that point where they're just kind of like, it feels like nothing is going my way and I'm scared to get hurt again,
6: essentially. How how do you help them manage that fear and kind of push past it?
5: Yeah, first we focus on, let's look at what is working in your life Mm. right now. Because there's always more things that are working in our benefit than are not. Mm. Even when it feels like, The door has been slammed in our face a hundred times and maybe it has in a particular area of our life. Mm -hmm. But if you stop, take a deep breath and think about what are all the things that I have in my life currently to be grateful for or forget being grateful for what are all the things on the right side of my body that I have to be grateful for? It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be in my life, right? It doesn't have to be outside of me. Or what are all the things in my pinky that I'm grateful for? <laughs> Does it have to be anything big? There's a million things happening in my you know, fingers that I'm grateful mm-hmm. for. The fact that I can move them, the fact that there's tendons that work in there, right? Mm-hmm. That there's blood flow to my fingernails. I mean, there's so many things. We can break it down. What happens in the human brain is it tends to focus on the things that aren't working. This is all human brains, by the way, guys. They tend, it tends to focus more on what's in the gap right? Between where you're at right now and where you want to go. So like, for example, you may have 10 things on your to-do list and you do seven of them. But at the end of the night, when you're putting your head down to go to bed, you're only going to think about the three things you didn't get done. Mm -hmm. Like your brain's automatically going to go to, oh, but you forgot to do that email. You didn't put the laundry away. You never called that person back. Mm -hmm. Versus the seven things you did get done that were on your to-do list. But the brain tells us, oh, that's just normal stuff. That's like average, normal. You shouldn't celebrate yourself. That's not a big deal. No, that is a big deal. So the first thing I do with my clients um, in all of my coaching, my groups and in my one on ones is get them reconnected to the part of them that is getting things done. The things that are working in their favor, the doors that are being opened or were recently opened or the windows that are currently open and focus on that. Because from that place, then we can build. We can build from a place of, yes, this is working in my life versus being stuck in the no, this isn't working. So I teach them about their brain. Then we reassess. And then we also build a new relationship with failure, where we start to see failure as just part of the process. Like it's normal. It's a normal part of the process. In fact, if you fail, I remember my, one of my coaches early on was like, fail 100 times. I guarantee you're going to learn a bunch of stuff. Keep track of your first 100 failures. Because mm-hmm. if you fail 100 times, you're going to have learned like 500 lessons in that 100 times you failed. So she would actually make me keep track, like write down all my mm-hmm. failures on a daily right. basis, on a weekly basis. And she was like, yes, let's keep going. Let's get to 100 failures. The thought was keep taking risks, right? That was a lesson. Yeah. Keep taking risks. Because one of these days, one of those doors is going to open. They mm-hmm. are. If you knock on 500 doors, one of those doors is going to open.
4: Yeah, I, I, I love how you're, you're putting that. I think it's it's focusing on what you can control, right? I can't control the person on the other side of that door if they're going to open it or not. But I can control if I got my head in order to keep knocking on doors, right? That part of it, I'm in control of. And as long as I stay committed to that, something is is bound to happen. Which uh, is definitely something I try to remind myself of, and I love the idea of accepting failure as a part of the process. You know, um, and 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 just seeing it as like this necessary step in in all that we're doing. I think, obviously, like you said, everything is with the mind, right? And I think we like forget that we catastrophize things and make them way worse than they actually generally are in in our real lives. You know, me getting a no potentially. It's disappointing, but does it really have a catastrophic effect on how the rest of my day, week, or, or life is going to go? No, probably not, right? There's always going to be something else tomorrow um, that potentially I, I could do and get big news that moves me forward. So I, I love, love that focus on like, you, you have to kind of get in tune with your mind and play the sort of, uh, you know, have like the battle back and forth and get control of that part of yourself and, and have it refocus into the positive stuff
5: yeah and it's hard to do. Listen, mm. it is hard to do. This is brain training we're talking about It's literally retraining your brain because mm-hmm. your brain comes with default setting right and default setting for most of us, especially if you're first generation or if you grew up in a you know a uh, household that didn't have a lot of money or we're not the center of the way the society was built. Mm-hmm. so if you're on the margins like most of us are, mm-hmm. then we grew up in a household that didn't necessarily Feed into us this idea of you can do whatever you want. You you have it in you to build. We tend to grow up in a society that tends to feed what I call our fearful work. Right, mm. that things aren't working in our favor. Oh no, the economy's going to collapse. Oh no, there's going to be another pandemic. Oh mm-hmm. no, what if you lose your job? Oh, like all these oh nos and what ifs, and that's yeah. what's constantly being fed to us. So we have to look for other uh, other food, really, it comes down to other people who think differently and mm. surround ourselves by people who are actually moving in the direction of their goals, their vision their building they're actually moving past all the negativity, but society definitely feeds the negativity in it, so it 's really hard unless you're in a sustained group that is supporting you each step of the way to shift your brain by yourself it's really hard sometimes it's even hard to notice
1: your mm. brain yeah
5: oh. like i Yeah, I ask people all the time, like, well, tell me the thought that caused that behavior to happen. And people are like, what are you talking about? The thought. What do you mean the thought that caused that behavior? Yeah. What was the thought behind that result that you got? And worse, if I say feeling, what do you think is the feeling that you were feeling? Mm -hmm. Some people are disconnected from their body. They don't even know exactly what it is they're feeling or they're numb. They're not even Mm -hmm. feeling anything. Yeah. Yeah. This is where awareness becomes so important, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you talk about surrounding yourself with people, because I think sometimes you just need that reminder of what is possible, right? Like that's why representation matters so much in Hollywood and every aspect of things that we ingest. Like it's because you just sometimes it's as simple as just seeing somebody do it or somebody reminding you that it's possible and it just puts you right back on track. You know what I mean? Like I think Sometimes we overcomplicate what we need. And again, it's, it's just sometimes you need those bumpers like in the bowling alley. You know what I mean? Like the kitty bumpers just to kind of push you back on track when you're, you're just about to go off the rails, which obviously is, is why I love doing something like this and why it has been, I think, so impactful for, for all of us. All right, I'm going to jump in here. There's so much more we're going to talk about, uh, you know, with, with man, just all this personal growth work. We'll talk all about it with Wendy. But right now feels like a good time to take a quick break and then we'll be right back.
2: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
7: As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most, Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, we are back. And now let's hop back into this conversation we've been having with Wendy Amada. Another thing I wanted to ask you about that I saw on your page was the get it done mindset. Can you define the get it done mindset?
5: Sure. So what I really look at... What- when I look at my life in terms of the success that I've had in my life, right. And Mm. quote unquote, I'm doing your air quotes now for success. (laughs) Everybody defines that differently. Right. But success for me is like being able to pick my kids up at two o'clock from school every day. Mm. Um, and, and still, you know, make really good money doing work that I love. So that to me is success. That's how I define success. Kind of having the time to be able to spend with my family or be on vacation or do the things that I love to do. And not have Mm -hmm. to worry about money, not have to worry about a boss, or not have Mm -hmm. to worry about coworkers that I don't like working with. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
5: Um, That's success. So when I look at my life in terms of success, one of the things, one of the pillars that I've really stood on, or one of the muscles that I've built, is this muscle of getting things done. Like actually Mm -hmm. learning how to accomplish things. And I think so many coaches, and also programs and uh, workbooks and all that kind of stuff that's out there focuses a lot on planning, like making a plan, right? Um, figuring out what you want to do and then mapping it out, which is great. Mm
1: -hmm. But
5: so much is needed in terms of the implementation part, the taking action and not just taking some action, taking consistent action, taking messy action and being in the water on a Mm -hmm. regular basis. That's where the real growth happens. And then evaluating that, Actually sitting back and looking at, okay, what did I do this week that, you know, was uncomfortable that, that allowed me an opportunity to grow? And what worked in my favor? What didn't work in my favor? What would I do differently? Mm -hmm. If I didn't follow through, what became more important? All of that evaluation part, I don't think we spend enough time in. So getting it done means actually crossing the line, Mm -hmm. meaning doing the things that we say we're going to do, being a person of your word. Following the behavior, the message you're giving out to the universe, because the universe is always listening, guys. So what is the message that you want to give to the universe? If you're serious about reaching your goals and you've got to follow through with the uncomfortable work mm-hmm. and figure it out as you go along, you will figure it out as you go along, as you continue to move forward. Getting it done is about sitting in implementation, sitting in uncomfortable action, sitting in all the ways in which your brain is going to try to stop you. <laughs> and still moving forward, still getting to the finish line, still checking off the list. Eventually, as you build these muscles, you get better and better at it. So eventually mm-hmm. you get to a place where you just say things and they become real. Like you say something and you decide. like, uh, I'll give you an example. I had this event in LA um, a couple of weeks ago for my, the launch of my podcast called Yes, Muhead Build It. So mm-hmm. I threw a launch party and I just decided uh, two months before the party that it was going to be a success. Like I decided, okay, it's going to be successful. Here's how many people are going to show up. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to celebrate. Before I had all the pieces in place, right? Before Mm -hmm. there was the reality of it being a success or not. I decided in my mind first, Mm -hmm. it was a belief I had. And then I took action from that belief. So when you get to a place where your get it done muscle is strong enough, you say things and they become real. They become mm. real because you take action from that place. I mean, it's not some mind like woo work that you're just sitting there and meditating. <laughs> right, right,
1: right, right, right,
4: You
5: Believe it, and then that version of you takes action, and then of course it becomes real. It becomes yeah. Real.
4: It, you're you're speaking to I feel like a concept that I've applied without having the words for it in the way that you're talking about it, but. In like reflecting back on and how, because I, I always say I'm a master manifester because just somehow, some way it always happens, that, you know, the things that I plan out always end up happening. But it is because of that, because I'm, I have that belief that it's going to happen. And then that belief exudes confidence. And that confidence makes me ask questions that somebody else who's stuck in analysis paralysis that they wouldn't ask, you know what I mean? So that person who's over planning and like is trying to, you know, not, they're still not sure if it's actually going to happen and trying to figure it out. I've already made up my, you know, in my mind, like you said, that it's going to happen. So I'm asking questions that, that are going to open those doors or I'm, you know, taking different actions or doing research or poking, you know, different, uh, poking the bear in different ways that ends up leading to the, my desired result. Right. But I, I, I love how you, how you put that because it's like, yeah, you, you just, you decide it and then it's, it sets you off on this path of, I know it's possible. I know it's going to happen. Therefore, I don't have that fear all the time of like, you know, what should I do next or what should I do this. You're just in action all the time, which I think is is kind of what you're you're speaking to. Um, And yeah, I relate to that so much. I'm thinking like even just like my radio career and the audacity I had to go up to certain bosses and ask for things. But it was like that's what got me to where I am is because I already believe that it was going to happen. I believe it was going to happen quickly, and and like I believe that I deserve to be there. You know, in that in that way, and it allowed me to to you know, push past a lot of my peers that I started with because I just went into it with that mindset. Um, exactly. So yeah, you're, you're speaking to my soul.
5: Yeah, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you know what I'm talking about when you get to a place where you're just being that. Yeah. And then of course, you're just calling in that. But in order to get there, you have to build these muscles, right? Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit of time because at the beginning, you're not even sure exactly what direction to go in or what are the thoughts or what are the beliefs. This mm-hmm. is where the action comes in. You can't build the muscle. It's like going to the gym. You're mm-hmm. not going to build the muscles unless you go, do the workouts. You got to sure. be at the gym to do the mm-hmm. workouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. the only way you're going to
4: build it. Yeah, and, and it, this leads, uh, I think, perfectly into something else that you had talked about, um, the future self-experience. And I want to dive into that a little bit because that has been something, not necessarily exactly in the way that you described, but for me, I always ask myself like, is what i'm doing the behavior the actions that i'm taking beneficial of the person that i want to become like are they in you know in effort to that grander picture that i have for my life and that's kind of how i begin to judge how i spend my time or decisions that i make um and how i try to discipline myself to not you know kind of fall off the path or go on a crazy shopping spree if i know the future self wants to invest in this type of thing right so can we talk a bit about, about that, the, the future self experience and, and kind of keeping your future self in mind?
5: Yeah, wonderful. Yes. The future self experience is actually a training I do where you get to meet and connect with the future version of you, right? Mm. So it starts to get you into your body connected to, let's say, five years from now, 2028 20, mm. version of dramas, right? How yeah. old are you? How old are the people around you? Where mm. are you living? Where are you working? What does your bank account look like? What does your mm. body look like? You start to ask yourself all these questions, right? Of Where do I see myself five years from now? What do I mm. want to build? What do I want to create? If it was 100% up to me and time and money were not an issue, where would my life be at in five years? Mm. What would I want for my life? So you start to ask these juicy questions because I'm a mm-hmm. firm believer that your future self is alive in you right now, mm. Right. Mm -hmm. You are creating him through your connections and through your decisions every day. Like what you decide to eat or not eat, what you decide Mm -hmm. to drink or not drink is affecting 2028 Ramos, right? Or 2028 Mm -hmm. Wendy. Mm -hmm. So that person, that version of you is alive in you right now. Just like the seven-year-old version of you is alive in you right now. Mm -hmm. The 15-year-old version, yeah. We just need to stop and connect with them. And the thing about the future self is that The future version of you has a bunch of information that's Mm -hmm. really valuable to you right now. Mm -hmm. Really valuable to you because the future version of you has already done it. They've already accomplished the thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and how do we know this? Because you're thinking of it, right? This is you coming up with your future version. So to tap into asking them and interviewing them and getting Mm -hmm. feedback from them, getting coaching from them, getting information from them. Like, how did you do it? What did you do? What worked? What was the strategy? What were you connected to, right? That's so valuable. The beautiful thing about future self-work is that you can tap into that any time. Mm. Any time. You can tap into that at any point in time. And throughout your day, you could just close your eyes and think about, okay, in 2028, where do I want to be living? what do i want my typical day to look like right what do i want to get up who do i want to get up to <laughs> what do i want to have for breakfast who's around me like i start thinking about the ages of my kids ages mm. of my husband and like you know all that right where yeah. do we live what do i feel and tapping into that energy on a regular basis starts to build this relationship with your future mm. self and then you can make decisions like you just said dramas that i think is so great is you think about how is this going to affect me in three years? How is this going mm-hmm. to affect me in five years when you're making decisions? Yeah, you can make decisions from your future self. So your future self is the one actually making the decision. Hey, you know, don't eat that cupcake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to weigh more. It's yeah. five years that I weigh now. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I I love how practical it is. Like it's not this whole big ordeal. Like how you can just kind of, like you said, quickly close your eyes in the middle of the day and just begin feeling it. And I and I I'm like you know you hear the things that like the the um you know the the mind or the body doesn't know if something you're feeling or is real, right? You can trick your your body into thinking that you're actually there, that you are in that dream home, or you're in that uh, you know your bank account has as many zeros as you're hoping it does, right? And and you can feel that happiness right now and trick your body into, you know, existing in that state of mind already, right? And I think that that's a lot of what you're, you're talking about. And then I think on the the B side of that, for me, it's also like, you know, when you get a car, and then all of a sudden, you start noticing that same exact car everywhere you go, right? Because your mind is like automatically training now to look for it. Like what I've noticed is when I'm, you know, constantly visualizing these goals or where I want to be, I just begin picking up on little things in my environment that like are kind of the breadcrumbs that are going to lead me towards that, that path. I think that's what i began to notice as well.
5: Yes. Beautiful. Exactly. That's exactly the work. It's Mm. noticing along your path. And it's just because, like you said, you bought the red car and now you see a red car everywhere. Yeah. It's just, you've highlighted in your brain, oh, this is what I want. Mm. And so you start to spend a little bit more time in what do I want to create? and less time thinking about what's not working in my life Mm. or what am I not having or I should be at this point by now or I should be making this amount of money or I should have this. So you stop shooting on yourself as much, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah.
5: (laughs) Start creating more because you're just focused on creation more. I mean, this is what I tell my clients all the time is there's really no difference between me and you. Mm. I just spend more time in Mm. I'm a badass. Mm. Like I just spend more time there. Yeah. than I do in, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I also have that thought, I don't know what the hell I'm doing.
1: <laughs> sure, sure.
5: I just have, I spend more time in, I'm going to figure it out, or I'm a badass, or I've got this, or mm. you've climbed higher mountains, Wendy, you can do this. I've just trained mm. my brain to spend more time in those thoughts and those beliefs. And mm-hmm. that's it. It's just a matter of percentages. Maybe I'm you know 60% in a positive thought or a belief about myself, and 40% in the doubtful, fearful thought. And that's it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And, and that's, that's all you you kind of need, right? It's it's not about being perfect, or like, your mind is just like, now you're like a robot towards just positivity, you know, it's just not a natural thing to to have an expectation. I think, for me, what I, I've noticed is like, the when I have the negative thoughts, my brain automatically begins to have a conversation with myself. And the good part of me begins just poking holes in the negative version story, you know? And little by little, that just becomes deflated and I don't really feel it anymore, you know? Um, and 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 I think that that to me is like the practical way to look at it. It's not like those thoughts are not gonna pop up, those limiting beliefs, those fears, all those different things. And it's not about making them disappear. It's just allowing, not allowing them to take over you, right? And yes. to take power or control over how you do or don't move.
5: Exactly. Don't allow yourself to make decisions from that place. Do Mm. not make decisions from a place of fear, doubt, uncertainty. That's just going to keep you stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just don't make decisions when you're feeling that. Just You can feel it because it's a Mm -hmm. normal, natural human uh, occurrence, right? I mean, we're here having a human experience, which means there is going to be all of these feelings. There's going to be pain. There's going to be sadness. There's going to be disappointment. Mm. That's just a part of the human game. And that doesn't go away, by the way, when you're making millions of dollars or when you have a best-selling book or when you're living Mm -hmm. in your dream house. None of that goes away. There's right. still doubt, fear, uncertainty, <laughs> guilt, all those feelings, and there's yeah. also joy and love. And, you know, it's the same human experience. That's it. It's the same. Yeah. Reason.
4: No, I, I'm glad you, you you brought that that part up. I think that's a great way to kind of put a ball on that. And I think I want to now talk about goals, right, and talk about them in a practical kind of manner because I think obviously goal setting is amazing and it's great to set a goal and writing it down on paper and, and all that stuff is amazing. But then the actual accountability and the process of getting to it. And then also, I think, tracking your, your progress, right? And that's something that I think can be difficult for people because it, it requires this level of just like being able to kind of be very critical of yourself, you know, not in a negative way, but being able to really just kind of see what you're doing from a zoomed out perspective, right? And then I, I think, you know, for, for us, our, our particular group, like we had talked about, we set two words to kind of start the year, like your intention, right? And for me, mine were community and presence, and those are two things I want to cultivate more this year. I want to live in those things. But I, how do you, how do I check the progress of that, so to speak? Right? It's not like a dollar amount that I set, you know, um, in in my notebook that I can see to my bank account as it builds towards it. So let's kind of start there because I think not everybody had a goal when we talked about it towards like some grandiose thing of I'm quitting my job or I'm going to save this much money or whatever it is. When you have those sort of more spiritual goals, right, or those lifestyle goals that are equally as important, how do we kind of keep ourselves accountable? How, are we, how do we check on our, our progress within that? Kind of what are the steps to, to kind of get us to that finish line that we're hoping for?
5: Yeah, this is a great question. Thank you so much, Dramos. Yeah, sure. for this, because I think a lot of people struggle with this when they have a mm. goal of like, I just want to be healthier or feel yeah. happier or right. build community. Yeah. So what I do is I challenge them to come up with a way to measure that. Mm. Yeah. Everything Mm. is measurable. It is Mm -hmm. measurable. It's just that our brain doesn't think in those terms, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just take a really subjective one. Like, I want to feel happier. Right. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's beautiful. Um, How do you want to measure happiness, right? I'll walk them through a process of like, how do you want to measure happiness? What are the different ways that you can measure happiness? Mm. Is it a feeling you feel? Do you feel it at a certain time of the day or when you're with your family or in a certain uh, situation? And sometimes it'll come right down to, can you rate it on a scale of one to 10? On a typical day, 10 being like the most happiest you've ever felt and one being like, you don't even want to get out of bed or you're really, really depressed. What would you rate, you know, Tuesday? What was Tuesday? Mm
1: -hmm. And
5: sometimes it requires going back and like thinking about it, right? How would I break that down? I don't know. Tuesday was maybe a five. Great. Yeah. All right. Let's start charting that because there are ways to measure. At minimum, by asking yourself on a scale of one to 10, where was I at this week? What would I rate myself? A six, a seven, an eight. Another way to measure, let's say, happiness, and I'm just taking the most like subjective one or, or general one, but if sure. it's just health or community, for instance, we could definitely break it down in numbers. But another way to measure it, um, to measure happiness is by how many moments of happiness i documented right so i had a client once who when she experienced a moment of joy and we were documenting joy i would have her take a pen and actually mark her hand like mm. a tab a tally on her hand you know what i mean yeah like a tally a moment of joy yeah yeah and it was also connected to being present right which is one of your goals right yeah absolutely because it requires you to be like ah, that's joy i just felt joy okay i'm yeah. gonna tack it on my hand right a little tally mark which you could do with anything by the way you could do this with anger you could do it with any any feeling that you're trying to uh, keep track of throughout the day and then at the end mm. of the day she would tally oh i had five or i didn't have any today or i had one and then by the end of the week we would have like a number that would help us keep track yeah the reason i think it's important to take things that are untangible or mm-hmm. unmeasurable and make them measurable Mm. is because this also starts separating ourselves from the behaviors that are getting us closer to our goal or, or mm. moving us away from that. What mm. I mean by that is we start to look at this information. Like, let's say for instance, uh, your community goal, let's mm. say we decided, oh, okay, you're starting with, you know, eight people in your community, but we want to grow it to 50 people. Right. And that's mm-hmm. a way to measure where are you at this week? Where are you at next week? Or There are ways to measure community, right? Sure. You can also do it through surveys, right? And How people define community and all that. Okay. So let's say we take that goal. If we start to look at the numbers, we start to look at it as data. And data, when we think of data, right? We think of like scientific data. We think of math. We think of things that are separate from us. Mm -hmm. It becomes less personal. To our day-to-day life and it becomes more like just information mm. which is really what it is uh, as you are tracking along as you are holding yourself accountable mm. as you are moving through the process right and accountability i mean that's a whole nother story you should have somebody supporting you with accountability because holding yourself accountable is actually really difficult to do
1: mm-hmm.
5: if you're taking on something new in your life yeah yeah but if you're tallying along um, instead of taking it so personally, the numbers give us a little bit of this feeling of, oh, well, this is just data. This is information. And then we're separated from it. Mm-hmm. And we can start to analyze the data. Oh, okay, I want to, you know, build community and, you know, I'm not at a, you know, a thousand people yet or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then we just look at the numbers. That allows us to have more clarity through the process. And we start to build a different relationship with the data where the data is, um, you know, empirical data. It's just numbers, it's information, and we can Mm. choose to do what we want with it. It also gives us a sense of neutrality. Mm. Like, oh, okay, this isn't my whole life. This is one aspect of my life that I'm starting to measure. And how do I want to move, you know, in the direction of increasing this number? So Mm. I think that's really helpful. So I do actually, in in my group coaching program, we do actually measure things like happiness.
4: (laughs) See, I love that though, because I I think, I, and oftentimes, we, we just get so caught up in like, how to actually do something, right? Like, if you're like, hey, you should meditate every day, somebody will have a million questions on what does meditation even look like? Like, how do I sit? Do I have to cross my life? You know, what I mean, like, we get caught up in so many different things. And I think what you're talking about, is like a very practical way to break down what it is that we're doing. And then also removing the emotion behind sort of having to critique ourselves, right? Where you just making it a very simple, like giving yourself a grade or, or one through 10 or whatever it is like that day. I like that approach a lot. Um, and, and you're really just taking the emotions out of it. And you can really look at things from a practical standpoint. And, and I think things like that really do help that, that self-awareness that we obviously are, keep talking about being you know, so, so incredibly important. All right. I'm going to jump in here one more time, one last time. We'll take a quick break and then we'll have the rest of the conversation with Wendy Amada All right. We are back. And now the rest of our convo with Wendy Amada. One thing I want to touch on, because I hear this a lot from people, is they they get excited about an idea. They set a goal or an intention, and then they kind of fizzle out on on that. Right, The the, the passion behind it, the excitement begins to fade a little bit. um, And they get to kind of a crossroad of is it because I don't enjoy it or am I just being kind of lazy and falling off the wagon to a degree, right? And I think with goals, sometimes you don't know if it's something you really want until you're there, until you get it, or you're really just in in neck deep in it. And then you can realize, oh, this might not actually be for me. and It's not what I thought it was going to be. I'm curious if you ever run into this with clients and how you would kind of coach them between figuring out why it is that they're stalling. And if it's really because it's not what they intended, what they enjoy, or it's some other sort of limiting belief, or they're getting in their own way, whatever it might be. How do you you kind of differentiate that and and figure those different things
6: out?
5: Yeah, so first we start with uh, the understanding that you're not always going to be motivated. Mm. Motivation comes and goes. Even if you love what you're doing, right? I love what I do as a coach. And there are days where I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to coach anybody today. <laughs> sure, sure. I just don't feel like doing it, right? I, and yeah. I really love what I do. So it, it's impossible to believe. I mean, it's just not realistic for me to think you're going to be motivated every single day or I'm going to be motivated every single day. So let's just yeah. leave that to the side. let's just mm-hmm. decide now that yeah. even if you love your goal and you love what you're doing, you're not going to be motivated every day. That's just mm-hmm. the bottom line. So you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. As with anything in life, right? No matter what. Yeah. So separate from that, when somebody keeps, let's say, hitting their head up against the wall, like they're moving forward on their goal, but they're like, yeah, but it's just not working. It's just not working. It's just not working. One, I always think people give up too quickly. So I always Mm -hmm. tell people, stay in it, stay in it. Get to your 100 fails. Have you failed 100 Mm -hmm. times? Have you Mm -hmm. tried 100 different ways to hit your goal and still not made it happen? Yeah, I really want to support people with staying in the game as long as they can. But at some point, I do have a conversation with them about getting into their gut instinct, right? Mm. There's two different kinds of feelings. There's like the feeling of, oh, I really don't want to wake up at 2 a.m. when my kid is crying and, you know, it needs me to get up and get the kid and all that. Like that feeling of like, I don't want to get up. And then there's the gut instinct that we feel, right? That's a different kind of feeling. That's a deeper feeling. And so what I walk my clients through is a process of really getting clear you want to stop this goal or you want to quit on this goal or you want to pivot the goal. Where is that coming from? Is that coming from a gut instinct feeling? Let's examine that. Let's process that. Or is that coming from the, "uh, I don't want to wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning feeling, right, mm-hmm. which is more of a superficial human experience feeling. I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel yeah. like sending more emails. I don't feel like getting on another call. I don't feel like. So I'll examine both of those and I'll have the client go through a process where they Check in with their body, right? Because your body knows, Mm -hmm. like your brain's going to lie to you guys, but your body doesn't lie to you. So we'll check in with the body and we'll figure out if it's a gut instinct, then we start to examine more and we usually end up pivoting that Mm -hmm. now you've hit some clarity that you have that you didn't have at the beginning, but now you have it and you're getting a gut instinct that this isn't it. I'm not headed Mm -hmm. in this direction. And that's okay. Then we pivot and we take all the information we learn in that process right Mm -hmm. to pivot into this other direction but most of the time most of the time it's a human feeling that you're getting just from your human experience Mm. like i'm just tired of sending emails again and you know all right but are you really done with this goal let's talk about when it is working maybe it only worked once that one time that it worked how did you feel did Mm. that bring you alive did you feel passionate about it did it Make you feel joyful. What was your experience with it? And usually, it is like, yes, it was mm. joyful. It was positive. I'm just not getting enough of it. All right, let's reconnect to how we can get enough of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but usually, it's strategy. It's strategy, yeah. not the goal. It's the strategy. Yeah.
4: Right, right. No, and I think that that's a great kind of just reminder because I I think you know we glorify like people who are living their dream or getting to make money off of their passion. And we just somehow think like they're always going to be on it. And they're always just like living this, you know, a heavenly life. Like today, when I tell you, I struggled to record a podcast episode, like struggled. I had to get every ounce of motivation in me to record this damn episode to like sit down and record it. But once I did it, I was like just in my zone and I was, I was happy doing it. Right. But it was like the mental battle that happened because I'm tired, you know, I'm, uh, at the t- at the, that particular moment don't necessarily feel like speaking and getting into a whole conversation um you know about what i was talking about earlier and and i had to just get past that point and then you know then the passion kicks back in right when i push past the physical things or the mental things that are that are kind of coming up for me like you said due to just being a human being right i didn't get enough sleep last night and uh, i'm tired and i have a lot of other things that i'm like anxious that i have on my to-do list that i need to just get done right and that's like making me feel like I can't sit down and record this podcast for an hour. Right. And, and I I love, you know, you bringing that up and I love bringing up in a practical sense, like, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows on this whole thing. Right. And I I harp on this because I think in the wellness space, everybody pitches this idea of like, I figured this thing out and like, boom, it's off to the races and everything is good. It's like, it's a constant, it's constant work. You're always going to keep having to, um, you know, build that muscle as you were kind of calling it, right? And and maintain that muscle, I guess, at the end of the day. And it's going to take a lot of work, you know, on a regular basis to keep, uh, you know, ma- maintaining that. And um, I think that's a really important kind of designation to to make for people as they go out on their journey. And um, we're gonna I'm gonna open up for for questions in just a second. But the the last thing I, I want to to ask you is, can you pinpoint you know one thing, one moment when it comes to your coaching that like is kind of the thing that ends up pushing your clients over the edge to where they actually go and are right there hitting their goal. Like, is there a, a particular mindset they develop and action they take a particular point in their, their journey that like, it's like, oh, this is actually going to happen. You you see it once they hit that milestone, boom, it, they're, they're good to go.
5: Yeah, I think the biggest pivot that happens is they shift from this thought that life is something that's happening to them, Mm. they shift into full responsibility for everything in their life. Mm. Like I'm responsible for all my relationships. I'm responsible for where my career is at, where my business is at, where my health is at, where I live, what's in my bank account, all of it all of it, Mm -hmm. just taking responsibility for it all. So they shift from like this idea that life is something that's happening to me to the thought and the belief that I am the one happening to life.
1: Mm -hmm.
5: I am the one that's in the driver's seat. So if I'm in the driver's seat, I control my thoughts. I control my feelings. I control the direction in which my life goes. And it's all me that's Mm -hmm. looking back at the mirror. Yeah, not from a place of dread, which I Mm -hmm. think is where a lot of people start off, right? But from a place of of empowerment, from a place Mm -hmm. of inspiration. You know, I I think of like, I don't want to bring her up, but whatever, this song, Taylor Swift, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the problem, it's me. (laughs) Yes, yes, you're the problem, it's you. And you're the Mm -hmm. solution, too. Listen, you're the solution, you're it. Like, you're the problem and you're the solution.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I I, I love that. Right. but And that, that's real control, real like empowerment. Right. I think I, I always like even, you know, you look at things like people who, who struggle with addiction or some sort of issue like they're not the, the ones who end up getting over it's because they decide that for themselves. Right. It's not because their family dragged them there kicking and screaming, um, you know, or, or dragged into therapy or did any of these things. Right. It's, it's like when you get to that point where you tell yourself this isn't who I want to be and I'm going to take control and become the person I want. That's when the real change begins to happen, and it can't happen any other way till you have that accountability and and you empower yourself in that way of of you're the one taking charge. Um, and I love what you said. It's like life is is not you know happening like it's not in control of what you do. You're the one who's designating what what life is or isn't going to kind of um end up unveiling for you, which I love. So, first of all, thank you so much for for all the your your thoughtful answers on that. I know I, I got a lot uh, a lot out of that, and that was very um. I just think it's practical, right? Like when you break this shit down in practical manners, it just doesn't feel that difficult, right? But without it's it, really without, it, right, right. But, and like I said, we all just sometimes just need the vocabulary to slow us down and get out of our head and like, just be able to see what that next step looks like. And once we see that, we can, you know, make our way towards, you know, whatever, through the forest or whatever analogy you want to kind of take on it.
5: Yeah, well, not only do we just need that, I mean, it, it won't happen without that. That's mm. the bottom line is it won't happen unless you are like in a gym for your brain that is constantly right. moving you forward because mm. your brain will just forget. It'll go back to default setting. The default setting is the shooting, right? I should be here by now. I should or I'm not smart enough, tall enough, pretty mm-hmm. enough, rich enough, whatever. Fill in the blank. That's the default yeah. setting. You'll stay there unless yeah. you are consciously reprogramming yourself on a regular basis. Regular mm. basis. Yeah.
4: I, I no love way. that. Yeah. I, I, don't, the, I like the mental gym thing, I think is a great, uh, a great analogy. Um, all right. So anybody uh, have any, any questions they want to want to hit Wendy with? Don't be shy. Uh, we could raise our hands, I guess, and I'll, and then unmute yourself and we'll, we'll do it that way.
5: Yeah. And on anything, any sort of challenge that you're experiencing or that you've seen other people experience, like here's some really common challenges over overwhelmed, feeling overwhelmed and not knowing mm-hmm. where to start. Or hitting a wall where you actually fail at something and then you just feel like quitting, right? Or needing clarity. These are all things that a lot of us experience, especially as we're moving into action.
8: Ask a dringo. I have a question. Thank you for everything that you've shared. As I've been listening, um, it's really been hitting home on just reinforcing a lot of things that you know, I feel like in some ways i I already knew or actively practice. Um, my two words for the year were stillness and detachment. That was a very big pivot for the extroverted type A go forward person I've been <clears throat> my 34 years. And um, it was something that started, I, I want to say probably the seed was planted in 2020. Um, and then continuing into just the direction that I went <clears throat> for my focus on both personal and career goals. So um, the question that I have is really just rooted in the thought process that, you know, even if you see a therapist, the therapist has a therapist type thing. And I often find myself in a position that without, you know, an actual certification, just the role that I find from a mentor-mentee relationship for those in my life, that they're always going to me, you know, for a lot of things and saying like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of this or just thank you for being there. And they asked me, like, who do you go to? <clears throat> well, I think about this group in my, my community and a few close friends. But I'm curious, in you know, the life coaching circle, what does that look like for you um, on the therapist, therapist level of, you know, who do you go to for your coaching and where do you get your reciprocity? Is it a community of people once you get to a certain level? Or is it just everyone continues to level up until there's the ultimate life coach up there somewhere? <laughs>
5: Yeah, I love that question. Thank you so much, Jade. And I, I don't think there is an ultimate life coach because what you start to figure out—you probably already know this. I'm sure all of you know this. You know, it's a little bit like the Wizard of Oz, right? It's just a little old man behind the curtain. That's who everyone is. So I've worked with some of the top dogs, like Tony Robbins and all that. And when you see behind the curtain, you realize, oh, everyone's just human. Everyone's just human. Everyone's got the same stuff going on. No, whether you're making a billion dollars or you know, $25 or whatever. doesn't matter. Everyone's the same. So, um, so yes, I am in coaching circles. I've been a coach for 16 years. And I think for most of that, at least probably 13 years of that, I've been in coaching. Like I've had a coach. <laughs> I've either been in masterminds or I've been in some sort of coaching environment. Um, right now I'm coaching with, um, Melanie, uh, oh my God, why am I freaking, it, but anyways, the mastermind is called the bad bitch mastermind. <laughs> That's the name of her mastermind that I'm in. I'm in her, um, upper level mastermind which is like a smaller container um for for uh people who are scaling their business to a million but i've coached with um stacy bayman i was in her 200k mastermind for over a year um she's an amazing coach amazing sales coach so i'm also always going to mentors and then i have a group of really tight friends i think there's two groups i have one group of what i call like sisters mm-hmm. that are just really heart centered and they're healers so um, I connect with them because I think ev- I think every single woman on the planet, if you are up to a big game in life, and if you're talking to me, you probably are up to a big game in life because the you know, people that I surround myself with are up to a big game in life. You really need to have a healer, you need to have a coach, and you need to have a therapist. You to have all three you to have a healer in your life, a therapist, and a coach because we each serve a different purpose, right? We're each working on a different area of your life, so my healer friends are are really close. And then there's a group of us also um that get together behind the scenes sometimes and kind of connect because it is hard to connect the further up you go in terms of just being a hundred percent vulnerable always. And also there's sometimes questions that we have at a certain level of success that most people can't relate to. Like they like like for example, our vocabulary starts to change. As much as we don't want it to, we're we're just like I don't think that way anymore. I don't say that word anymore. I just like the word try, I've just eliminated from my vocabulary. So when somebody says, I'm going to try, I'll just call them out. And I'll be like, no, 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 don't try. Just tell me if you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. Yes or no. Like I'll just, try. and sometimes people get offended, right? They're like, whoa, wait a minute here. Whoa, I'm so sorry. I forgot. <laughs> you don't have the word try because I don't have the word try anymore. It's I make my life happen. So either I decide yes or I decide yeah. no, right? Things like that. So there are these circles that you have to be in that kind of, they understand that kind of concept once your brain has shifted into just a new way of thinking, right? Mm -hmm. A new way of thinking. But of course, I still want to be like relatable and I am because I'm just as messed up as everybody else. The problems just get bigger and different when there's more zeros attached to it. But it's the same stuff, guys. It's the same stuff. Like what I'm feeling now is what I used to feel when I was trying to make $100,000 a year. And I'm making way more than that now. And it's still the same fear, doubt, uncertainty, just with more zeros attached. Yeah. So I have mentors. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Coaches and mentors. And, I, and I'm in a mastermind.
6: I want to say Dramos, actually. this when I said last time we had a meeting, I feel real empty. Um, and I just was wondering, like from a life coach standpoint, because I do get overwhelmed and I do feel empty a lot because I feel like I give, I give, I give. And like my, my one of my words was accountability. And like you said, that's kind of hard to do. So like, I just want to know, like, what would you suggest I start doing or what direction should I go in to kind of get not really overwhelmed, but like, you know, like whelmed, if that's a word.
5: (laughs) Get past the overwhelm. Yeah. And you said you've been feeling empty. Is that what you said?
6: Yes. At our last meeting, I was really, really empty.
5: Uh, uh, Yeah. Do you know how to fill your own cup?
6: When I'm by myself, yes. Like if I just walk out the whole world, then yes, absolutely.
5: Yeah, yeah. Because some people don't know how to fill their own cup. Like I'm like, go do something that fills your cup, that rejuvenates you or revitalizes you or re-energizes you, right? Some people don't know how to do that. So I'm glad that you know what works for you in terms of doing that, right? So I would schedule that out. like Schedule time purposely to feel good. (laughs) Like feel good time. I take a full day off out of my entire life every about about every 12 weeks or so. And I'm talking not just a day off from work, a day off for my three kids, a day off for my husband, a day off from responsibilities around the house. I take a full day off just to fill my cup back up because of the work that I do um, and because of my mental health. I've dealt with anxiety, depression, you know, ADHD, like a lot of stuff going on in this brain of mine. So I need the time off to be alone. Especially to just have nobody around me, so taking t- time off. But I schedule it out proactively. So try to schedule it out as proactively as you can. As you can. And in terms of accountability, pick a buddy in here that can hold you accountable. Because here's the thing with accountability: there's a lot of us out there in the world playing the game of I buy your BS, you buy my BS. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. Oh, we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, right? Especially mm-hmm. if they're a friend or a neighbor or our, Like, oh, well, you said you would go to the gym on Friday. Did you go? No, I didn't end up going because I started watching Netflix. All right, maybe next week. That's the BS game. You need to find somebody that won't do that. (laughs) That won't play the BS game for you. We're called coaches. (laughs) Coaches (laughs) will not play that game with you. But also it could be like an accountability buddy, but not necessarily friend, friend, right? Because your friend doesn't want to make you feel uncomfortable. Somebody who's going to be a stand for you and is going to say, hey, you said you were going to take half of Monday off to go get a massage or to go be by yourself? You know, Did that happen? Is it happening now? Can you text me a picture that you're by yourself? <laughs> to <be laughs> time to fill your cup. That's real accountability. Real accountability is proof. Proof that you're actually doing that. Yeah. Is that helpful, Chelsea?
6: Yes, absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Make it a priority. For sure. Mm,
5: Make it a priority.
4: Awesome. I love it. Wendy, thank you so much for, for taking the time to hop on here. Um, anybody who is interested in working with you, wants to check out the podcast, follow you, give us you know, all that information so they can you know, go and check out all the work that you do.
5: Yeah. Thank you so much. The best place to find me is actually on Instagram. So please mm-hmm. follow me on Instagram at Wendy Amara. That is my, my G handle. You can also check out my website at www.wendyamara.com. I have information there for all my programs. I do an amazing group program called Inspired Action where we actually do accountability. And we have a goal sheet where we document your goals, <laughs> mm. so we actually measure everything out on a Google Doc, and everybody sees it. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I've been coaching for sixteen years. I've been doing this work for a long time, and I purposely am doing this work with people of color now because that's where my heart lies. And no one's no one's teaching us this stuff, so mm-hmm. we need more of us in these circles because this stuff has been taught to many people for many years, which is how mm. they ended up being CEOs and. Executives and all that, and now mm-hmm. we get to learn the same tools and then implement those tools consistently. Yeah, and that's why I'm so happy for the work that you're doing, Dramos, with mm-hmm. your membership and your groups, because this is so needed in our community. The consistency of it is so needed in our community. Congratulations on everything Thank you're
4: up you. to. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you you saying that, and yeah, I think it's uh. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. And, and like you, I think in doing the work, I never saw people that looked like me or came from my background. You know, I was always the lone one in the room and I knew it was time to, to kind of change that and try and bring it to, to our people. Man, big shout out to Wendy Amara for hopping on the show. Big shout out to her for, for taking the time. I mean, the, the beauty of, of these conversations, man, these are, these are people that, you know, charge a nice chunk of change to, have people basically pick their brain and to inspire them. And the beauty of the just be social club is that you get to, to, you know, have, have access to them, even if it's just for a short period of time, um, you know, for, for free of charge, you know, just for, for being a part of, of the club, we're giving you that access. So I'm, um, I'm excited about, you know, all that we're building with the just be social club and all the guest speakers that we have coming on. And, Man, I've just heard some great reviews from the people who have been a part of our OG group. So, again, you want to be a part of it, email Brenda at mind of young lord or just shoot me a DM at DJ dramas and I'll check that out. Now, without further ado, let's tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back
8: And you will not believe where he's going next.
2: The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Time for mm.
4: All right. So I, I feel like we we just got into it with Wendy and I'm I'm loving just, man, the the energy from that conversation, the 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 practicality of like keeping yourself accountable, right? Even if you have goals that go beyond just career, because some people actually do like their job, which is a beautiful thing. And maybe your goal, like we were talking about, is sort of more of a feeling or a way of being. And I love how she talks about creating a practical way to track your progress on this goal. And I think that's incredibly important. And that's probably something that even I've been missing to a degree um, throughout the course of my life is like really Having some sort of accountability, um, and not accountability—I'd say more progress, like tracking progress. You know what I mean? Like really seeing where I am, where I can improve on on my journey towards my goals. And um, I'm really excited to kind of apply some of the concepts that she talked about. You know, we're all learning and growing in this together. That's kind of the beauty of of this club, um, the, the Just Be Social Club, and the mastermind that we're putting together. And you know, you hear Wendy even talk about herself. She's somebody who's been doing this for a long time, has had a lot of success. And she too is a part of masterminds and she too has mentors and things like that. You know, uh, it's, it's just, I think a necessary thing. Um, if you're really trying to create the life that you're, you're hoping for. And like she said, you know, the, the rich people out there, the rich white people out there, um, all have, have things like this, you know, mentors and things like that. And, and it just was never really brought to our community. We never thought about it. So we're kind of the first, first people really pushing to, to have this kind of, Community aspect of, of of people who can help each other out and and push each other for, for personal growth, which I just think is is amazing. And yeah, I mean, so many great things about getting over the fear of of you know going out there. And I love like the get it done mentality. All those things, you know, just really training your brain to just push past all of the noise, all of the you know limiting beliefs that it puts in your mind, and just get your shit done. You know, I think that that's just an amazing. Amazing simple concept to have, and and we all owe it to ourselves, you know, to to give ourselves the best chance to lead the life that we've all been dreaming about, which I just think is a, a beautiful thing. So, man, big shout out to Wendy for for hopping on the show last time. Brenda at mindofayounglord.com or at DJ Dramos. If you want to shoot me a DM if you want to be a part of the Just Be Social Club. We have a couple spots left for July, so I'm really really excited to launch that second group and just keep bringing more and more people you know, value and giving giving everybody a community. Like I said in this conversation, one of my words this year was community. So this is a big part of that, building the community that I've always wanted to see. And and that's what the goal is with with Just Be and, and all the work that we're doing. So if you want to be a part of it, hit us up. Uh, speaking of Just Be, we just dropped a bunch of new merch. We've got meditation pillows. I'm throwing some candles on the site as well, uh, which I'm really excited about. So just be dot nyc, you want to check all that stuff out. And that's it, man. I'll catch y'all on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode. So then stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio.
2: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect
5: place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com
6: and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.